All right. Well, here we are again, uh, another Monday morning um, miseries, rants, and raves. My name is Keith Hadding. I'm with NC Realty Services. Thank you for listening in um, to my podcast. Thanks, Mom. Anyways, <laughs> whoever's out there uh, listening, the one person, two people. Um, anyways, you, you think this is an easy thing to do until you start trying to do it and then trying to remember to do it every week. And, and I get busy and I get tied up. And anyways, I'm not complaining. I, I, I like talking to myself uh, in the office. So I'll continue to ramble on some more. You know, I went into a, uh, an IHOP in Wilmington and I was hoping to be able to come out with raving um, reviews and really it didn't go all that well. They were probably the worst mashed potatoes I've ever tasted. Not sure if they were just made with some sour milk or um, if they, I don't know what, I don't know what they were. I couldn't eat them. But what was really sad to me more so than the potatoes being bad was that no one ever asked. Nobody asked me how my food was or if it was cooked correctly or they came in and dropped the food down and left. Now she did come by and, and, you know, and asked me if I needed to refill on my drink or something, but never said anything about the food. Listen, there was enough food. I didn't, you know, and I'm a big guy. I'm not going to die, not get eating everything on my plate, but, uh, and certainly not the waitress's fault other than, other than if you're listening and you work at the IHOP, then, um, then know that I'm not trying to be too critical, but to just say, you got to ask people how they like their food. And, and, you know, I'm one of those people that I really, if it's just mildly something wrong with, it, I just won't eat and I won't say anything, but, um, there wasn't anything mild about this. I, you could see that when I was done eating that, the only thing left on my plate was a big old pile of mashed potatoes. Should have been obvious to somebody that there was something wrong with the potatoes. Anyways, uh, I like IHOP. I go there uh, when I can and when, when I'm near one. and uh, That's not going to stop me from going back. But um, but I was hoping to rave a little more than that. They're very busy, so that's always good. Uh, they're doing something right to bring in all that business. Listen, the big thing, the big scuttlebutt going on is one of them taboo conversations that we're just not supposed to have, right? Um, but it's got to the point that it's almost it's it's almost seeming ridiculous to me. And that's and that's the politicking that's going on. That's the big I word, you know, that's the that's the narrative now. It's to call it the I word. Um <laughs> I, I'm I'm almost getting a kick out of it, except for it's got to the point that it's just painful to hear and watch and see, and I think it it's detrimental to our to our country in that we can't seem to get over this thing and get along and work together, and it's kind of ridiculous. And to be honest, it's far more prevalent in our in our political arena than it is at home. Okay, and we have a segue in the middle. We have a a group of people in the middle who are violent about, you know, the racial tensions and issues and things of that nature. And they take everything to the wild extreme. Um, But but believe you me, that the generation coming up now, if we don't teach them how to be racist, they're not going to be. 
<laughs> they're just not. We're, you know, we're growing up together. We're living together. We're doing together. It's not like it was in the, you know, 40s and 50s or whatever with segregation and, and all of those kind of problems. That's long behind us. And if we just stop talking about that, and, and I don't mean that to be to discredit anybody who struggled through that. Certainly, if you did, you're senior to me. You, you, um, you'd have to be up there in, in years by now. And most of those people, I don't think, are really out there um, sharing that problem. You have some people that grab a hold of problems and they want to they want to milk it for all it's worth. But um, that's not that's not the case. Listen, uh, I don't see it in my day to day life. And you can say, well, that's because, Keith, you got white privilege. I don't see that either. Uh, I see me working three businesses, three jobs every day. I work sun up to sundown and I work seven days a week. Uh, I, I I would love some white privilege right about now. <laughs> uh, does that does that come with a vacation? Um, anyways, again, I don't mean to make light of it. Uh, you know, the the impeachment thing is a is a joke. Uh, and here and here's why I say that. I was talking to a colleague of mine the other day who was oblivious to what was going on. It's probably a blessing that he doesn't listen to it or put up with it, but. It certainly can make a difference when he gets to the polls and maybe votes um, without really understanding what's going on. That, let's just let's just call it like it is. The only reason they're rushing to an impeachment inquiry, and I'll get back to that term in a minute, but the only reason they're doing that is to try to save the Democratic campaign, as in Joe Biden, because he was the front runner. And he should be um, not even running at all at this point because he clearly, um, on uh, in a recording, admitted to a you know quid pro quo. I can't really say that thing. You know, but basically he did far worse than what they're accusing Trump of. But the only reason they're doing that, and it's not as much about Trump trying to do something to to knock him down and uh, as a as a a candidate, and it's not about um, it's not about them trying to impeach Trump as a candidate. They're trying to protect their candidate, which is Joe Biden, and so they're trying to take all this heat and pressure off of him by applying as much of it as they can um, to Trump. And, and so, understand that to be the truth. And let's go back to what I was saying and, and why I evidence that to you is that. Until they call for a vote in the House, the Republicans, Donald Trump and his and his team, do not really have any rights as far as the legal system goes within the matter, because there is no matter. There's nothing there's nothing there. It's an inquiry. They're asking people questions and they're keeping it stirred up and they want to do that right up to election time. Uh, and they want people to be so burnt out on it and so tired of it that they just won't vote for him. Um, they're, you know, they constantly, I mean, we're still hearing people trying to give credit to Obama and his crew for what the economy is doing today. And I don't know of anybody in my circle of influence that has even the remotest idea that that was, that that's possible. Um, so, so that's kind of what it boils down to. They, you know, Trump gets on the phone, yes, and he's talking to them and he's going, hey, there's a lot of people talking about this deal and this corruption and 
you know, I can appreciate that he doesn't want us to be a part of that. And so he's going to ask this guy to, to, you know, relaunch this investigation. Certainly not going to meddle in there and get the investigator fired. Let them do their thing and find out, is there, is there something going on here? And, and it, was that the only time? Was that the only incident? Or were they asked, did Biden ask them to interfere with the campaign as well? How will you know that if you don't investigate and you don't work this thing out? He certainly seemed as though it was a big priority for him not to have himself or his son's company. It's really his son's company being investigated. I I don't think, and I have to go back and look at the transcript again, but I don't think Trump said, hey, I want you to investigate Joe Biden, uh, you know, presidential candidate, ex-vice president. That's not what he said. He said, I understand I've heard this situation with Joe Biden's son. And I think that's where he was looking for this investigation. Certainly does it impact Joe Biden. The American people see that tape and see how he had that conversation and should clearly understand that no matter what Trump does, right or wrong, that was clearly wrong. Um, and, And he shouldn't even be a candidate today. Of course, that's true of most of the people. Most of the Democrats over there, I, I, I can't find one to vote for. Um, I'm not sure how you feel. I'm not try, again, I'm not trying to offend anybody's sensibilities or anything. I'm just trying to say, here's the facts. Here's the way this thing lays out. They're, they're not really worried about impeaching Trump. Certainly, the, when the elections come, pe- the people will make their voice heard and known. And, and they know that as well. Uh, it, it, it keeps them, though, from it keeps it stirred up, keeps everybody aggravated over this thing. And it's going to hopefully sway some votes is what they're thinking. And it's going to protect their candidate in the meantime. When it all comes down to it, it's all going to come down to you and me at the polls in November voting for who we want to vote for. And so while I'm on this subject and, I'm, and I've used my 10 minutes, so I'm going to be brief. But, you know, it's critical. I've never seen a more critical election coming up. Um, you know, for for some of our Congress people, and you know, Pelosi needs to be gone. Maxine Waters needs to be gone. Uh, Shift needs to be gone. AOC and plus her three, I, I call them my Palestinian cartoon people. Uh, uh, Omar and Talif. Doesn't that sound like a <laughs> some cartoon? Omar and Talif. I I really I, we've I think we've lost complete sense and sight of of what we are expecting from our political candidates. You know, we want our government to protect and serve. We want our candidates to represent us, the people. And and so I don't really care what a candidate, you know, I, I'm being frank, if I was running, God forbid I'd run for president, if I was running for office, you know, and you say, hey, what's your thoughts on Abortion, I certainly have them. I have strong opinions about it. But as as a representative of my constituents, I need to be voicing their minds. And so you you a politician should be educating their constituents and then hearing the feedback and voting their their conscience, not not their own. It's uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, everybody else is too stupid. I'm the only guy that knows the right way. So I'm going to go in here and vote my, the way I want to vote. That's not the that's not what it's about. And it's not about putting people in office so they can get rich. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, I believe it was George Washington that said that our government wouldn't survive, you know, 200 plus years because 
our politicians would get greedy. They would get greedy and they would milk the system. And that's a little bit of what I think is going on when we have people doing short terms and getting in there and getting benefits for life and, and people getting in there and getting advantages to being able to buy on insider trading stocks and, uh, you know, and not paying your commissary bill, you know, getting your, your college debt liquidated. If you're going to do that, then, then write a bill and find a system that works for everyone, not just for yourself. But at the same time, what, what do you do then for all the people who don't have college debt, uh, who, who hit the, the bricks and are working hard every day, and, and yet you're going to alleviate someone's, you know, like AOC says, she wants her, her debt allevi- alleviated. I think that they're, I think they are paying that for her, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not your political journalist. <clears throat> I just have an opinion like you do and like everybody else does. And uh, and um, you know, I can say something really scary to a lot of people, but I am a registered Democrat. I, I don't vote the ticket. I vote I vote my conscience and my heart, and I don't always vote. Uh, and and I'm not one of those people who listens to people who say, "Well, you didn't vote, you don't get a voice." That's not true. Not voting is a vote. If you don't put a candidate up there worth voting for, you're not going to make me vote for somebody who is clearly not going to be able to do the job. Um, and uh, so anyways, all right, I'm over my time. <laughs> There's a good rant for us. It got us off the whole traffic subject anyway. So um, again, I thank you for listening and uh, and allowing me this time in your in your world, in your space, if you're listening to it. My name is Keith Hadding. I'm with NC Realty Services. And uh, our new office is open. I think I plugged this uh, on one of the last podcasts. Our new office is open and we are hiring staff. Uh, real estate appraisers and an admin or office manager looking for a sales manager who is has a real estate license. So uh, put the word out, right? We're looking for some people. The office is in Supply, North Carolina, and uh, and we're going to grow relatively quickly. So we'd love to have uh, some good people on board with us. We'd love sponsors on our podcast. Uh, I'm going to get back to trying to be more regular with this thing. And as I get some help in the office over there, it'll free me up to spend the time I need to to get these things done. So, um, so we need some sponsors. Well, let's get the word out there and, uh, and let's talk about all kinds of wild and crazy things like we did today with politics. So there you go. I'm all done. 14 and a half minutes. I'm out of here. Keith Heading, NC Realty Services. Come and see us. Give me a call. Uh, certainly if you're buying, selling, trading, investing in real estate, uh, come and see why we're different. All right. God bless you.